Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams. I am here with you all. Randy, how are you? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, getting ready for the Senior Bowl action. That's, that's the biggest thing. Yes, sir. It is freaking Senior Bowl week. Um, I I actually uh, censored myself there because I'm, I'm super excited. I was about to drop a nice... Nice fat f bomb to open the show, but we'll we'll save those for later. There we go. Yeah, uh, it's Senior Bowl week. We I, I know we've talked about it a couple times, but we did get our virtual credentials approved. We got the stuff sent to us today. Uh, we're going to be able to watch some film from practice. We're going to have the uh, ability to interview some of the players. I don't know how feasible that'll be for us. Just scheduling issues, but. It's fucking Senior Bowl week, and so I saved it for a minute, and then I did drop the f bomb. But hey, we're out here. Just the case, just a case. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and we're gonna have a ton of content coming your way. Um, Randy and I talked about the ways we want to put it out. It's probably gonna end up article form this week. Um, I think I'm doing a couple guest spots on some podcasts, so we won't have a ton of time to record. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's news to you, Randy. I'm sorry. I'll I'll tell you about it later. But um yeah, so we probably won't do we we had talked about doing like 15 minute episodes, just kind of breaking down what we saw in practice. We are setting up some Zoom calls with uh some of the guys that also have virtual credentials on our draft Discord that we have now. Shout out to uh uh Ben Glassmeyer for setting that up. That it's a really cool community and there's a ton of different Discord channels and it's overwhelming and I muted that shit, but I check it every day. Oh, um, yeah. oh yeah. So today we will be talking about the Senior Bowl, obviously. Uh, so we're going to give a little bit of a preview, just kind of go through the rosters, who we're looking at specifically this week, who has the most to gain, who you know, we might be a little disappointed in come the end of the week. Uh, but first, before we get to that, Adam's first mock draft ever, ever published to the public is live. When you're listening to this, uh, probably it's scheduled to go out at 7.30 Tuesday morning. So if you're listening to it before then, uh, you got on this episode quick. Uh, but otherwise, <laughs> Adam's mock will be out uh, today and we are excited. I just read through it. Uh, we we have our, our little nitpicks of it, but that's just because I'm an asshole. So uh, really, really good mock draft. Definitely oh. worth the read. Um, Randy, what were your thoughts on Adam's mock? Since it's live, I guess we can give some some thoughts. Talk to uh, me about the running backs. Uh, I, I will say just from experience, we've been doing, I'll, I'll say like the mocks for what, four or five years now <laughs> that we've like been competing yeah. against each other. Uh, it's two running backs in the first. While I think they're very talented and deserve to be there, maybe one will go. I think that was the biggest thing. And then uh, I believe his quarterback order is a bit off uh, for for our personal taste. But it's his mock. It's not my mock. It, his could be way more right than ours. Fuck it. I don't care. I'm excited Probably to add him to the competition this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, see see where he had stacks up against us. Um. Maybe all of our right. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But I, I think Adams, especially for his first one, I think he did a really good job, uh, thought out responses. So yeah, yeah, Adam, good job. Um, so go read that. That is on our website, thecutffb.com. Follow us on Twitter at thecutffb. Come join our Facebook group if you search um, NFL Draft and Fantasy Football. We should be one of the first ones to pop up. We have about 150 people in that group now. Uh, we're trying to make it more active. So if you are into Facebook groups, we are uh, one of the safer uh, Facebook groups where we're not going to just trash your shit. Um, some, I forget who it was, uh, posted in there their Baron Browning profile, and he had a high second on him, which is bold in most circles. And I came to him and said, yeah, I have a first on him. That's a guy we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes, so I won't talk too extensively about him but uh definitely a fun little community there 
come join us over there. And then lastly, before we talk, we are going to break down some of the uh, championship Sunday. Uh, Randy's going to break it down specifically because I was running a basketball tournament or league. So, uh, so we're going to turn it over to Randy for a little bit, but first our Friday fix poll is going out today. So, uh, feel free to send us your picks in a DM, text, however you want to get a hold of us. Also, go vote on the poll. But the four options, the New York Jets, the New England Patriots, the Detroit Lions, and the Baltimore Ravens. We want to uh, give you the content that you want. So choose whichever one you want to hear about first. Um, I personally said that we would be doing the Jets. Don't let that sway you. We put them on the list because I let it slip. But uh, if you want us to talk about the Patriots and how they get a quarterback, sure, let's do it. Um, yeah, it's just a better way for us because just Friday fix, do it what a week. Statistically, we will not get to every team. So getting the content to uh, exactly what we want and what you guys want is better. Because we want, I mean, if you're listening, we want you to listen to what you want to listen to. So why wouldn't we get your opinion? Absolutely. All right. Um, let's before we talk about the Senior Bowl, let's talk Championship Sunday. So first up, the Bucks beat the Packers. I while I was at my uh, basketball league when I was running that shit, um, I got updates constantly, and the first update was the Bucks are routing the Packers. And so I was like, oh, man, I had a, I was actually supervising a Packers fan. He was kind of stressed. Um, but then I got uh, about done with the, the day and saw that the Packers came back. No clue how it happened. Randy, take it away, man. <laughs> well, starting out, um, Brady was really, really good in the first half. Rodgers was decent. Um, it, they really couldn't get what they wanted going. Uh, Adams wasn't getting any work really uh they got all the way downfield three straight targets to adams at the red zone couldn't get it done so brady was winning especially with the what is known as a bonehead play by king which is probably more just an amazing gutsy play by brady uh throwing deep to scotty miller who's only playing because antonio brown was out so maybe if brown was there (laughs) he actually gets covered but either way that was their quote-unquote route was getting that extra touchdown to get a little bit bigger of a lead going into halftime. Uh, and then Brady, for some reason, I don't know what they saw in their game plan, but that dead spot of cover two zone on the edge about 20 yards deep was 20 to 30 yards was Brady's target like 35% of the time. And that's where two of his picks came from in the second half, uh, both trying to float it up there to, I believe, Evans on both of them. Maybe one was to Godwin. Uh, but the one, he was getting blitzed, and he just made a bad read, in my opinion, trying to do too much. The other one was just an awful read. Those are two bad picks on his part. He threw a crosser to Evans that, I mean, in my opinion, Evans should probably catch, but just because it's Mike Evans, <laughs> mind you. But uh, it's a tip-off for another pick. So Brady seemingly kept the Packers in it. Uh, and then Rodgers did enough, but he really wasn't that great. Uh, LaFleur is getting, I mean, I I've been saying for weeks that I don't trust <laughs> Rogers in the playoffs. And this is kind of why, uh, fortunately for Rogers and his legacy, his young coach is going to now take the blame for him, for them kicking a field goal late instead of going for it. Even though Rogers on two straight plays could have ran possibly it in and didn't and threw bad balls. Uh, So then it was up to the coach on a longer distance to make the call. And the numbers technically say it's a decent idea to just take the field goal, especially with basically four timeouts on the board. So uh, (laughs) Rodgers, in my opinion, is going to get blamed, uh, bailed out for the blame on that when he should definitely be given the blame. I know you happily tweeted out that Jordan Love would have ran that in. Uh, (laughs) But. I, I, I do think on that one he should have ran for sure, but it's okay. I I didn't believe he would win. I don't think they would have beat the Chiefs. I do think the Bucks have a very good chance just for the same exact reasons I thought they had a great chance against the Packers. So especially if uh, Mahomes' turf toe is not healed in two weeks, which it won't be because it's fucking turf toe. <laughs> well, but I, I, was, I, I was very happy that Mahomes got to play because 
that would have been awful if he didn't get to play. But thankfully, he's okay too and played. Yeah, not just rust. <laughs> All right. So my my first thoughts on the the Bucks and Packers game. Um, I did see the decision. Um, at, well, the indecision from Rodgers and the bad decision from Rodgers. I saw a, just a screen cap of about 12 yards of space in, in between him and the closest defender. Um, what an awful, awful decision to throw the ball. I get he's trying to win yeah. with his arm, but, I mean, what are you Christian, doing, bro? Christian, if you remember right, you were one of the people for this exact reason that this was one of your huge criticisms a couple games for Baker last year and his awful year last year. That. Yeah. There was a few times that he could have ran it in. He just fucking didn't. He tried to force a pass. It was a bad call by a young guy. That's not Rodgers. Rodgers is apparently the the next the next step to go that uh, behind Brady. Uh, but he just can't get it done. And I mean, he's clearly incredible. He's clearly amazing. But it's stuff like that that's always going to come back to haunt him now. So he should run that. Yeah, it's just plain and simple. And yeah. you probably should go for it. Uh, but if you're if you're a Super Bowl MVP quarterback, <laughs> this is your team. You could probably say, "Hey, fuck it, no, we're get, we need to go for this. Just exactly." Say. Yeah, <laughs> and then for for Rogers to come back and and blame, he did it very subtly, but yeah, he, he blamed Lafleur. Yeah. I think I I I did see. Um, I think it was Benjamin Solak. I reference him so much that. Benjamin Solak does such great work and, and his Twitter is phenomenal, so go follow him. But he tweeted out a quote from Aaron Rodgers back in November about uh he was talking about his offensive coordinator and how he that's his guy and he definitely wants to see him uh back with the Packers, but then he put in a little subtle unless I go somewhere else. And Everyone kind of chalked it up to Rodgers being Rodgers, but then after the game, he insinuated that his future is very uncertain, and I kind of think a trade request is coming. I don't think that him and LaFleur are, are jiving very well, and I think I think Rodgers is the petty type of dude that's going to hold the Jordan Love pick above their heads no matter what, uh, no matter how much success he has, um, I think. You know, I don't, I don't know if they do trade him if he requests it. I would say sorry no you just won mvp because he's gonna win mvp um unless they can get a, a nice big haul back for a what 38 year old quarterback it's yeah but we're now we're talking big holes uh stafford's getting anywhere from a second to two first depending on who you're talking to yeah. watson's getting three plus that's fucking deserved but like i mean we, we have a lot of qb carousel right now now it's definitely not the time that you're like oh god I need a trade request. Mm-hmm, uh, right. So I, I think this is, I think it's just the other thing where he's trying to blame LaFleur there. He's the young guy. LaFleur's doing a great job taking it on. Um, it's not what McCarthy would have done. He would have, he would have yeah. went right back at him and yeah, all pops to LaFleur. Good for yeah. him. All right. The second game yesterday, obviously the Kansas city chiefs beat the Buffalo bills 38 to 24. I did catch a little bit of this game. Um, my first thoughts, Patrick Mahomes played a near-perfect game with turf toe uh, coming off of a, what, pinch nerve. He passed concussion protocol by, like, Thursday. He was fine. Um, but the turf toe was probably more concerning just because of how Mahomes plays. Dude was getting out of the pocket and making plays. Um I guess my my first question, Randy, is there like how quickly do you think he's going to be considered the goat? Because I think like if he well, wins, and if he wins the Super Bowl, I think he's well on his way. Obviously, but he's he's already well on his way. That's but I mean, there's a clear like there's a reason why Brady's the goat. It's the clear, and it took him forever to get past other people even though he was doing the same stuff at the same kind of age as uh, <laughs> Mahomes is doing. So it's always going to be an uphill battle for him, especially because he's had to play against Brady and all of this. And if Brady could beat him at this age, it's going to say a lot, but Mahomes is going to come back stronger yeah. than ever. 
until the Chiefs run out of money because of his contract. Um, <laughs> so but true. I, I did. I did love a tweet today that uh, it's only going to be another year or so before everyone's hating Mahomes and the Chiefs like they do the Yankees, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Patriots, the everyone. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State they, they're all hated because they always fucking win and it's going to be the Chiefs and I've been saying I've been ready for that to come out I, I it just he just needed to get there again and they're going to be good next year too and it's going to be the same thing people are going to start getting pissed about it telling you, yeah. people are fickle it, <laughs> it's very true I do think that there's a chance that they're a little worse next year although you know who else do you need other than Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? I'm not pulling stats for this because it's kind of like a uh, just like very, very mediocre breakdown of these games right now. Uh, yeah, going yeah. back to our roots. But, but essentially, <laughs> uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are cheat codes. I mean, Travis Kelsey might be the best pass catcher in the NFL, and he plays fucking tight end. Um, he's... He, he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And that's, you know, I, do we think that Mahomes is really a God level quarterback that deserves this contract? Yes, absolutely. Do I think that when Travis Kelsey's done, Mahomes is going to struggle a little bit? Absolutely. Same way that that Brady did. At that point, he should uh, have grown enough. So he might be able to, uh, like, what up? Oh, I wanted to say I almost said a compute, and that's not like nowhere near what I want to say there. <laughs> but make up for those kind of things. Um, but it's the same. Hill's going to need a big spank contract um, as long as he doesn't do anything off the field that warrants him getting another cheaper deal. Um, and I, they're going to have to replace the receiving core this year. Uh, they need to start fixing the defense slightly. I mean, they're they're going to get low on money and. I mean, they're going to be good for a long time. It's, there's no question there. But uh, the only real question is, <laughs> can they beat the Bucs? Can they beat Brady? And, I mean, I, I obviously they can. I'm not saying who I'm going to pick yet because I don't fucking know for sure. But <laughs> it's close. It's a lot closer than people are going to think. And it, especially if we hear all clear two weeks on, like, Whitehead and uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, Winfield, and we get uh, all in. We know two more weeks of Vita Vea practicing, and Ronald Jones is actually full go, and Mike Evans and Godwin are full go. Antonio Brown, you know, it's gonna it's gonna start catching up here, and we're yeah. gonna be fun, even home field advantage Buccaneers. It's it's crazy, but I will say the uh, the home and road splits for Brady, he's better on the road, so it's actually not going to bode well for him. However, he's still got a home field advantage in the Super Bowl. The first quarterback to ever do that, shout out to Tom Brady. He he knew what he was doing. He could have gone to any team. He said, you know where the next Super Bowl is? That's where I'm going. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, you're, you're telling me they have those receivers? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. Another point that I have written down here, I tweeted out a joke uh, that Baker Mayfield was better than Josh Allen just because of the two performances against the Chiefs. I will say, uh, my argument, obviously I think Josh Allen's better. I don't think the margin's that that far. I I think think Baker Mayfield has kind of closed the gap. I think down the stretch, Baker Mayfield played better at times than Josh Allen did. And I think we saw, I I don't want this to be Josh Allen's mantra, but you've got two bad playoff performances. The same way Lamar Jackson has two bad playoff performances. Is this going to be something that follows him throughout his career? Do you think the Bills can get over the hump next year? Um, No. Uh (laughs) But it's not because of Allen. It's because everyone's getting better, too, including the Browns, who are getting healthy. And better. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be so tough for them. And especially if the Patriots can get a real quarterback, uh, the Dolphins can get a quarterback that throws more than five yards. Um, <laughs> and the Jets can possibly have a decent turnaround, especially having a, a dominant defense with their new head coach. It's going to be tougher. They kind of had a cakewalk this year in the division, and that's with Miami winning 10 games. 
Now, if you have the Jets winning five or six, Patriots winning eight to ten, Dolphins winning nine to ten, I mean, you're those splits are going to be almost even through the division. That's going to be tough. It is. Yeah. And honestly, I, I put out a tweet as well, following up with my joke of Baker Mayfield's better than Josh Allen. But I said, the the AFC is going to run through these three quarterbacks. I, I truly believe it's going to be Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes for the next at least five years. And that's well, every, so exciting. Every division has phenomenal quarterbacks, especially the AFC North, um, minus Ben Roethlisberger, clearly. But um, at this stage, clearly. But um, it, it's going to be an absolute – that's why I can't say – even the Chiefs, like even if they go back to back, I can't say, "Hey, they're going back next year," because they barely made it this year. Yeah, with them being dominant for most of the year, it's just an incredible elevation of Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield and many others, especially guys like Justin Herbert who came out of nowhere, Derek Carr going back to the close to the MVP season he had. Uh, I mean, you go down the list; everyone kind of improved except like the Jets and the Jags. So. Uh, if the Colts can get a new quarterback, yeah, yeah, everyone's coming out swinging except the Texans, and it's going to be great. <laughs> um, but and you know, if Lamar can figure out how to pass the ball on a regular occasion, whether that is a wide receiver one on the outside or not, uh, may, I mean, excuses, excuses. We all are going to make them for the guys that we like, but we'll see how it works out with this draft. Uh, that's why they're on the list, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I, I'm having them draft I, quarterback though. It just an inc- either way, whoever won these two games, just an incredible Super Bowl matchup. Either way. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying my pick either because I'm with you. I don't. We have an article, it. man. I you know, exactly. And I and I almost want to wait for you two to pick because I won behind. That's <laughs> very true. Yeah. Hey, I'm I picked second. Out. I picked second this week. You guys all slack. That's I why. <laughs> I know. I saw that list. I'd have changed the cheese. I picked with my heart, not my head. I'm gonna slack again just so you can't catch catch up. But all right. Um, before we get into our senior bowl preview, we just want to mention Thrive Fantasy and Mugs Fly Together. Thrive Fantasy is still awesome, even though fantasy football isn't going on. Everyone's still playing DFS. Uh, their NBA I, slates are. I super want money. Fun. I want money with championship weekend. So yeah, there you go. I forgot to play because I was working, like I said. But uh, I mean, I've been playing some NBA uh, slates as well. I mean, Thrive Fantasy is awesome. Use promo code the cut when you sign up and they will uh, match up to, to $50 for you. Uh, like I said, you're picking prop bets. Still think that prop bets are the future. Um, obviously, throughout the offseason, I'm, I'm going to play a lot of NBA here, but we're going to go hard with Thrive Fantasy next football season. So uh, get in now, use our promo code, and I'm sure we'll keep their uh, their sponsorship. So that's what we want. So, uh, And then Mugs Fly Together, they have got a ton of great mugs. Um, they, I think their, their sweatshirt or their hoodie promotion is done for now, but they're going to be doing those periodically. Um, I, I can't wait to get my mug. Still haven't ordered it. Gonna though, and I'm gonna use promo code CUT15 and get 15% off. Uh, they do, I still think they're doing the Sunday deals as well. So, a uh, lot of good things happen at Mugs Fly Together. So, check them out. All the links for Thrive Fantasy and Mugs Fly Together are in the descriptions. Go visit their sites. Um, all right, Senior Bowl preview the good stuff. Um, this is our first year covering the senior bowl, but we have a lot of experience following along. Um, we, I know we, I watched the replay of the senior bowl last year cause I was unable to watch the actual game. <clears throat> and, uh, it, this year I, you know, Randy, I don't, I don't think I remember a senior bowl with this much talent. I think the combine being not a thing. Yeah, has pushed some of the the big name guys. Like I don't think in years past we'd see a Mac Jones here. Uh, last year, obviously, we saw Herbert was there, um, but he did. and Jordan Love and Jordan Love. Love. And they, yes, yeah, for sure. Uh, Mac Jones, I I think he has a, a reason for being there, and so I guess we'll start with him. So Mac Jones is on the American roster. We'll go through some American roster notables. Um, the main thing that we want to see from Mac Jones. Well, what I want to see personally 
how does he fare without the Alabama talent around him? Now you have to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt because he's still going to have Alex Leatherwood and Deontay Brown blocking for him when he plays in the game on Saturday. But uh, his receivers are not there anymore. Um, Devontae Smith is on the the national roster, and he's not playing anyway because of his broken hand. Uh, All signs are indicating that Mac Jones will play this weekend. So, Randy, what do you expect from Mac Jones? Do you... Do you think that we're going to see the dip that some people project him to have when he doesn't have the the two stud receivers? What are you looking um, at? I don't know if he'll have the dip because of stud receivers because he still has um, Kadarius Tony, who's um, incredible. Amari Rogers, who's pretty solid. I mean, you you go down the list. He's got good receivers in this team and some good running backs. Uh, obviously, a good old lineman. So I think he can do well my biggest thing is can he do well without the Alabama scheme of quick passes to Devante and then eventually catching him deep um but <laughs> he's he's the second screen boy of the class for sure and because of how incredible Devonte Smith is in the open field I mean it's not I, I don't see it as a detriment to Mac Jones that they use their best player how they should so it's just I don't at this point because of that you can't in my opinion you can't say he's better than the other top four because they've done more with less or they've done more in a more open scheme so unless you're Trevor Lawrence but um (laughs) but I do think he's gonna have a good day if he can show the kind of leadership that Herbert did last year um if he can have an incredible dominant day he has every right to be considered the third quarterback in the class, in my opinion, if he can do that kind of stuff. And it'll help him because there is no combine. Uh, The guys like Trey Lance and Zach Wilson do not get that kind of opportunity. They get uh, tilted pro days in their favor, so people get to take everything with a grain of salt. It's going to be tough to decide, and that's why he's here, and that's why he should be here. He has a chance to show out. Yeah, Uh, I, I don't think he does to that extent. Because I don't believe I, I believe he has some major well, not major I believe he has some clear flaws, but he's good. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And to your to your point too. I mean, we we mentioned Kadarius Tony. What's up, Coda? Um, Kadarius Tony. Uh, he's got Amari Rogers. He's got Shy Smith, uh, the wide receiver out of South Carolina. He's got Cornell Powell, the other Clemson wide receiver. I think the good thing is he's got a decent mix of guys that can go downfield but you mentioned the two Kadarius Tony and Amari Rogers those two guys are they live off of schemed plays and in the senior bowl we're not going to see that as much because these coaches are going to be running their schemes like that that's what normally happens is they teach them an NFL offense throughout the week and then they run an NFL offense in the game obviously a little bit modified to to their strengths so what I want to see specifically from Kadarius Tony and Amari Rogers is can they win downfield? I think Kadarius Tony has shown the ability to. I think Amari Rogers has at times as well. But because they were such such so reliant on the screen games or the short slant games, um, I, I'm interested to see if we're actually going to see what Matt can do with receivers that get downfield. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I I think this is ab- as big a game for a guy like Tony as it is for Mac Jones because uh, he clearly for like, I mean, I, I don't have an official like grade on him yet because I don't have this adequate number of games under my belt on him because I moved around. Uh, but from what I've seen, he's very, very good and he can he can really shoot up a board uh, I don't know if we saw a receiver last year truly shoot up the board. We saw some running backs get better looks because of this game. Obviously, Herbert and Love got some love, ironically, from this game. Um, yeah. But uh, it's going to be kind of it's going to be huge for him. Honestly, I, this offense is probably the more vital one. Uh, not that the other side doesn't have plenty of talent, but I believe they're. The other side's original quarterback was Trask, and he's not playing. Yeah, and that I don't know what's going on with that. I I forgot who their quarterback is now. So. I believe it's Ian Book. 
Eek. Yeah. So Eek. tough scene. Tough scene. Okay. Um, so uh, hopefully those receivers can uh, carry Ian Buck. Um, yeah. He's going to need it. Uh, so for <clears throat> the rest of the American roster, before we talk about the, the crazy wide receiver talent that's on the, the national roster, because I, when I first put together this list of notables, uh, I just could not fathom how they they constructed these rosters. But uh, a couple guys that we should touch on, Carlos Basham Jr., PFF has him ranked as a top five player at the Senior Bowl. Um, I haven't fully studied him, so I'm not going to say that I 100% disagree. But based on what I saw last year, I like 99% disagree. I think Basham has a chance to really improve his draft stock here. I think I think he's a a day two guy right now for me. Um, and then kind of furthering that, Quincy Roche, uh, the uh, Miami transfer this year, Miami Florida. Um, he didn't have a phenomenal season opposite Jalen Phillips, but he did kind of show some tools that that are translatable. So. I'm hoping that these two edges can make an impact and kind of put themselves. This is a weak edge class, like we talked about before we started recording. Uh, can one of these guys, do you think, make it to day one? No. Yeah, no, I, don't. I don't. I don't, but they're at least Basham uh, for sure. Uh, this side is considered like a, a day two guy that could slip to day three. He could solidify his himself a day two for me. Um, there's teams that need edges. There, there really is, and that's why guys that are a little bit more projects like Quiddy Pay and Gregory Rousseau are still going in the first, no matter what, because they need edges. I mean, it's just plain and simple. Um, there's a lot of edges in free agency, but we saw what guys like uh, Judon think he's worth, and if he gets that, what's Bud Dupree going to get? I mean, so we're, that's a lot of money in a year where so many teams are cap strapped. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, And then the other thing, uh, we talked about Mac Jones and how when he's not in the Bama scheme, what he can do. He was also not pressured a ton. I mean, when he was was blitzed, he was really, really good because the blitzes don't land against that Alabama offensive line. And here we're seeing, like I talked about, Alex Leatherwood, Deontay Brown are going to kind of anchor that left side for him, I would guess. I mean, I think Trey Smith has a chance to start over Deontay Brown uh, when Max out there, but perhaps not. Uh, and then if Ben Cleveland, the guard out of the right guard out of Georgia, plays as well, he's one of the best pass protecting guards in this class. So essentially, are we even really going to see anything different from Jones when he's? You know, we we talked about you've got a weak edge class, you've got a stud offensive line on the American roster. Are we really going to see what Matt can do when he's got a little pressure on him? I'm not Um, sure. What do you think? Unless Browning's getting down on him. I, I heard Surratt. I don't see them getting a ton of pressure, but who's the American coach? I don't know which, which coach is coaching where. Okay. Well, either way, everyone knows he can throw checkdowns. Everyone knows he can throw, incredibly schemed screens and quick passes. So I would assume the coaches are going to do everything in their power to see what he can do and what they haven't seen over and over and over and over and over and over and over again on film. That's usually what these games do. That's why when people kept looking at Herbert last year for him throwing downfield, I mean, that's that's what happened. They, they didn't let him throw screens the whole time. Uh, and he showed he was relatively good at it. And then his leadership on the uh, off the field and on the field was great for the whole game. Obviously, probably a little bit played up knowing people were looking at it. But for a guy like Mac Jones, who seems pretty even killed, doesn't really talk that much. It's stuff like this. I think he's going to get the Herbert treatment where we're ultra focused on him. He's probably the biggest name on his side. Um, so he's he's going to have to show out. I don't think he gets touched, though, <laughs> thanks to. Deontay Brown, Leatherwood, Trey Smith on the other side. Ben Cleveland's going to rotate in. I don't know where. I don't think they're putting him at center. Um, I don't know who their other tackle is, but Leatherwood's obviously a first-round talent guy. Trey Smith and Deontay Brown are day two guys. Cleveland, probably about the same, maybe day three. So, I mean, those are those are amazing <laughs> players on the O-line. Um, 
So we'll, I like I just it's just one of those things. I, I I assume if they're smart coaches, they won't coach for his his what he showed on film. They won't show. They won't try and see what he's already shown them. They're gonna right. try and see what they don't see all the time because that's yeah. where you really know. <laughs> yeah, and at least they do have Cornell Powell who can get downfield and and hopefully Matt can and Mac. We're I I'm not trying to discredit what Matt can do because. When he throws downfield, he's he puts some pretty fucking balls. He puts yeah. some touch on the ball, but um, we didn't, we don't see it a ton. What we do see is Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith bailing him out a little bit downfield, and yeah. that helps him. Honestly, a lot for for how amazing statistically his season was. On a lot of film, you see he looks like this last two years of Philip Rivers. Where he'll throw it deep, he looks funky doing it. Uh, he has a little bit funky of a release that I like to somewhat pick at, but uh, it is funky. He, he throws a lot of quick check down like passes, and that's not the worst thing in the world. Tons of quarterbacks do it. We saw it. Rodgers do it a lot yesterday. Um, we've seen Brady do it over the years. We, I mean, all the greats do it, but they also can throw it deep and they also can make plays. Where obviously Mac Jones doesn't scramble or nothing, so like we gotta. You gotta yeah. see. You gotta flesh out these kind of guys, especially if he's gonna go at the first, which it seems like you will. Yeah, especially with we talked about the quarterback landscape before we started recording. Shit's gonna get wild this offseason, that's for sure. Um, so just going down some more names of the American roster, probably won't touch on them a ton. Larry Roundtree the third. I'm in a a group that's doing uh, rookie mocks for NFL Draft Bible. They're kind of putting together some ADP for people. And uh, Larry Roundtree went in the third or the fourth round in the first mock that we did. So he he caught my attention there. I haven't studied him, so I don't have too much of an opinion, but I am interested to see how he does this week. Uh, the other running back of note on the American roster is Kylan Hill. Uh, he's been getting a lot of Twitter buzz recently. Kylan Hill, he was like, just bad uh, last year. Um, not not a great running back. However, he did get a lot better. He torched LSU this year. Um, he showed some some chops in the receiving game. So I, I am curious to see how he works into Mac Jones's Najee role because I think they'll probably if one thing stays constant, it's going to be Kylan Hill uh, running little little out routes and and getting the ball and hopefully catching the ball. So, um, and then the, the last couple of names, uh, Jabril Cox, weird. Everyone's all over the place with Jabril Cox. He's, he's a really good athlete. He is the LSU linebacker that transferred from North Dakota state, really good athlete. Uh, not sure he's put it all together yet. Again, haven't, we haven't studied all of these guys super in depth. We've seen them in live games, but not enough to put an opinion on where we think they will go. I have seen recently that some people think that Jabril Cox could uh, reach day one, reach the back of the first round. So uh, very interested to watch him this week. It's Yeah, it's tough for me just based on what I've seen in, in live action. But uh, And then Hamza, Nazrul Dean, uh, the safety. Yeah, you know, this safety class I don't think is very good. And I think Hamza can really, really improve his draft stock this week. So, uh, Randy, do you have anything to to talk about on any of those guys? Uh, no, I think uh, Cox and Hamza <laughs> Nasir lead, right? Yeah, Nasrul Dean, I think. Nasrul Dean, yeah, Jesus. Uh, I'll it's get a- that right. It's it's like the first time I've actually tried to say that name. <laughs> uh, those two, along with Basham, I think. Are on this side at least are the defensive guys that we're going to be absolutely keyed in on, especially uh, with the safety class being rather weak and the linebacker and edge classes not being good depth. Uh, these guys can really stand out as day two guys, all three, in my opinion. Uh, the, I mean, this is their chance to show out. Obviously, they're facing the inferior quarterbacks class of the group here, so that should help. Uh, but the rest of the team is not inferior. That's for fucking sure. Uh, so let's see how they do. 
Very true. All right, the national rosters. So notables, I'm actually just going to read through this list and then we can circle back and talk about some players. So uh, first guy on the list, Devontae Smith, like we said, he's not playing this week, but he is there. He is available to media. He's going to be getting to know the – he's on the – so yes, I do know who's coaching because Miami is coaching his his side. That's that's what I thought. I just didn't want to. Yeah. So the the Mac Jones is even more prevalent because it's them and the Panthers, right? Yep. So the Panthers are another team that could use a quarterback that could be sitting at eight. The other four could be gone. They could value him enough because of this week to go at eight or maybe trade back three or four spots. But yep. still, like. This is huge for him. He could be top 10 because of this week. Yep, that's massive. Um, but yeah, Devontae gets to uh, sit and, and and talk with what I think is probably his future team. Uh, Possibly. Uh, that's that's kind of where I'm leaning, especially knowing that he is on that roster. Uh, more guys, Dwayne Eskridge, uh, Tylen Wallace, Nico Collins, Chaz Surratt, Michael Carter, Dimitri Felton. Sage Surratt, how nice of them to put the brothers on the same team. Uh, Trey Sermon, Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Baron Browning, Creed Humphrey, Dylan Radins, Spencer Brown, Hunter Long, Kay Johnson, Frank Darby. This wide receiver group is fucking absurd. So, yeah, this is what you're covering. Well, obviously, Devonta was never going to play in this, but still, like. <laughs> Even yeah. then, like at least throw one or two of these guys on the other side. My God. Yeah, not not, re- and you know maybe that was designed as well. Give Mac Jones some dog shit receivers and see what he can do. Well, um, not dog, dog shit. Yeah, dog shit. I'm sorry, Amari Rogers. I don't like Amari Rogers that much, so I, I do like Darius Tony. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> um, I do like him. Um, so we talked about Devonte. Dwayne Eskridge. So I I dove into his film today. I I put out my top ten receivers list. Admittedly, uh, hadn't watched everyone that could be considered. Dwayne Eskridge being one of them. And then I I did, and uh, he entered my top ten. Uh, th- that is breaking news to Randy. But uh, Eskridge is listed at five nine one ninety. He's seemingly undersized. And then you watch him play, and you're like, hmm. Are we sure? Are we sure that he's 5'9"? Because he plays like he's 6'3". Um, Eskridge is definitely a guy I'm, I'm keeping an eye on this week. Um, <clears throat> the problem is, uh, I don't think I listed a single corner for either team. They're really, I mean, I I think that's a lot of day two, day three guys probably. Uh, so, so Eskridge, he gets pressed a ton because he's a 5'9", 190 pound outside receiver like he he worked into the slot he has a little bit of versatility but he gets pressed a ton and he was winning but he played at fucking western michigan and so i want to see what he's able to do against maybe some of these sec big 10 big 12 guys um very interested to watch him this week i know randy you probably haven't even uh i i have not dove into him yeah (laughs) but i yeah i i've been getting uh I've been trying to get a lot of a coverage across the board before yeah. we got to this week, which I think I cover. But uh, yeah, for yeah, sure. In this, in this tape will be more relevant than some of the games at Western Michigan, anyways. So it's very true. Um, next guy on the list, Tylen Wallace. He did crack my top ten. Um, that's going to be a, a theme for a lot of the guys on this list. Uh, this the national roster. If if they lose, despite having the worst quarterback. Uh, I will be shocked. Tylen Wallace is a jump ball specialist. He is a physical type of receiver, but he's also pretty quick. Um, Tylen Wallace is a guy that I'm I, I'm really interested to see how he stacks up against other big receivers like like your Nico Collins and your Sage Surratt. It's interesting to see them on the same team. Obviously, you've got Eskridge and then uh, Cade Johnson and Frank Darby are all pretty small, but You've got a lot of big guys that I think Tylen Wallace can can stand out this week. Um, what what do you expect from Tylen Wallace, knowing that fucking Ian Book and I think Felipe Franks is their other quarterback? Uh, yeah. What do you expect from them? I expect him to stand out 
from his crowd. Um, to me, he's the best. Well, I would say he's the best because obviously, like I said, I haven't gone through Eskridge yet. But of the rest of them, at least what I know of them, I, he's clearly the better of them. So I, I think he needs to stand out. He has less questions about him than anyone else on this list at wide receivers. So uh, besides Devonta Smith, obviously, but uh, I, I expect some decent things from him. I, he's probably going to have to carry Ian Book, honestly. Um, and and that's yeah, that's probably yeah. Um, and then so Nico Collins. Is another guy that I, I like a ton. I'm higher than consensus, I believe, uh, at this point. But uh, Nico Collins, just going to be one of those Michigan receivers that Harbaugh ruins, uh, probably plummets their draft stock, and then they come out and they do what Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of did towards the end of the year this year, where when given the opportunity, showed that he has some talent. Nico Collins, I believe, is 6'4". Uh, he's a big motherfucker. And I am very, very interested to just see him standing next to Ian Book. Uh, so him and Felipe Franks can, they're both 6'5 or so, and, and Ian Book is uh, six foot on a good day. So, um, no, but I am interested to see how Nico stacks up again, again with Sage Surratt there as well. Sage is a guy that I don't, I don't love his film at all, uh, but he is another big guy. He opted out this year, so this is his one opportunity to kind of improve his draft stock. Nico Collins may as well have because Michigan was ass. So, uh, yeah, I, again, this this wide receiver group is absurd. We can just roll right into uh, Cade Johnson and Frank Darby. Frank Darby is a guy that I tweeted out, keep an eye on him uh, because I think he's going to show out this week. He's coming from Arizona State where they've had two first-round receivers in the last two years. He's not going to challenge that. Uh, he's he's nowhere near what Brandon Ayuk is. He's nowhere near what Nikhil Harry as a prospect was. Um, but Frank Darby, keep an eye on him this week. I'm sure we'll have some coverage on all these guys. Randy, uh, do you have thoughts on any of the the big wide receivers or or Darby or, or any of these guys? What are you looking to see from them? This I. I don't have anything specifically pointed out for anyone else. Um, obviously, like you, Eskridge, seeing how he wins against a different conference is going to be huge. If Tylen Wallace can kind of carry this receiving core, I think that'll be huge. Uh, Sage Surratt, I don't expect much from, but I, <laughs> I just, uh, what was the you gave me a comparison of a pot like a, a I don't know if it's a joke or not, but of of J Jaw, and I I see it. <laughs> it's there. And, and that's why I'm not that excited because I wasn't too excited on him. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, obviously, I want to see like uh, Hunter Long at tight end. I want to see how he does. I think he's going to actually have a huge game because of Ian Book's eh, ability. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll see with that. I think the running backs are the biggest factor on this side uh, for actual scouting. Because uh, I do think the receivers are going to kind of fall in line, in my opinion. But yeah. yeah, so you mentioned it. The running backs on this side, Najee Harris. Uh, don't know if he's playing. We don't know the full play time for him. Um, yeah. The one running back that we are almost positive isn't playing is Trey Sermon, uh, because he obviously had a pretty serious injury. In the national championship game, I, I don't think they actually came out and said what it was necessarily. I assume it's a broken collarbone from how he's looking at it and everything, um, and how they immediately were like, "Ah, not hospital." <laughs> so, uh, I think those two are the playtime questions or non-existent playtime. But uh, I mean, Michael Carter is the biggest person I'm looking at on the side of the ball. Yep. Yeah, I, and so Michael Carter, uh, I, I've seen a lot of debate between, well, why is Javante better than Michael Carter? Michael Carter did it for longer, and Michael Carter is undersized, and I think if he can go out there and show that he has workhorse ability, he can really, really improve where he gets taken. Right now, uh, he's late day two, I think. I think that's where, he, you know, because... 
the landscape of where running backs are taken has changed so drastically from the days of Saquon Barkley at two a few years ago. Um, I don't think we're going to see something like that. And as I say that, the fucking Falcons will take Najee Harris at four overall. But uh, So Michael Carter's a, a late day two guy at best just because of he's very scheme specific. He's very role specific. I think he'll start as a third down back, uh, even though he does have some some uh, ability when he's running the ball. And, and I would say probably more ability than anyone here on this list, except Najee, of course. Um, but the most interesting thing to me is Michael Carter in the same room as Demetric Felton, because those two guys are elusive as all fuck. Um, <laughs> they are, man. Uh, they can, we, a lot of people like to talk about phone booths. Um, they, they can make you miss in a phone booth here. Uh, they're as elusive as they come. And Felton is kind of one of those non-traditional guys where he lined up a receiver a lot. I'm interested to see what he does in this running back room. That also includes Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson, who's a stud in his own right. He makes people miss and he's got some light feet for a, he's a big motherfucker. Uh, he, uh, contrary to Michael Carter, Ramondre does have some, some workhorse abilities. So I'm really, really intrigued. Like you said, this running back room is super uh, filled with studs. Um, and I'm really excited to see who stands out this week and who, I mean, I think it's going to be important to see who gets the first team reps, uh, like who rolls out there first on Saturday. Well, I, I think the big two um, of Sermon and Harris uh, are the start of that conversation. Yeah. Um, I would assume with a lot of these Alabama guys and Ohio State guys for that matter, it's they just played, they played a whole season. They might want to take a little bit off. So we'll see on that point, especially with Harris, who, I mean, for the most part, kind of carried Bama. Uh, <laughs> having an incredible year. I think Najee's here more specifically, along with Devonta, to talk to the Dolphins. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. I think Carter gets the start. Um, I agree. I think deservedly so. And I think Felton almost immediately mixes in, uh, whether that be actually at running back or kind of split around. But with this wide receiver court, fucking throw Felton on the other side. My God. That's like, what I'm- I, like, they could use a guy that's more versatile. Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's what I would go with. And then to end the day, you'd have Stevenson kind of carrying the load. Yeah, makes some sense. I'm I'm interested to see their quarterback pairings too, because if you put Michael Carter or Felton with uh, Ian Book, who sucks, but he he sucks to the point that he scrambles when he gets nervous. And so, are we going to see any pass catching ability from any of these guys? Probably not. Uh, I don't think that's going to be part of the game plans either, even though that is something that the dolphins do. So uh, I guess I'll be interested to watch that now moving on to uh, the guys that'll be blocking for them. Uh, Creed Humphrey. I think he's probably the second best center in the country. I know Randy, you're on the um, uh, behind who Landon Dickerson. Uh, I have Landon. I- and just a slight bit ahead. I think I have Humphrey slightly ahead, but it's very close. Yeah. And they're pretty much the only two centers I care about. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably more than I think. But yeah. And and I do think that Creed Humphrey probably has a chance to be drafted in round one because I do think that he's shown um so what's crazy about Creed Humphrey and why I find it to be a a tough eval and why I'm so interested to see what happens this week. Um, Creed Humphrey last year was really, really bad. Not really. Okay, let me take that back. He wasn't really, really bad, but he was just an average run. Yeah. So, But he was a really good pass protector. This year, it completely flipped. He was a better run blocker, um, but not as good in pass protection, which is interesting. Because I think, you know, I think his footwork stayed the same. I think it's just the quarterback that's back there kind of gets you in trouble at some point because it the the difference from Jalen Hurts to Spencer Rattler is vast. Like they're two completely different quarterbacks. So 
I am super interested to see what happens uh, with Creed Humphrey. They're probably playing a good portion of this game. Um, and, I, you know, I think last year I would have had him as a fringe first rounder. I think this year it's I think I have him as a first rounder. So I, I'm very, very curious to see, especially when he's lining up uh, with probably Spencer Brown at fucking six foot eight, six foot nine on the right side, I would guess. And then Dylan uh, Raiden's on the left side. And then just it doesn't even matter who the guards are because you can just fucking pinch those all of those guys. Um I think this offensive line is going to show out, and I think all three of those guys can really improve the draft stock. Um, yeah. Have you gotten uh, into Raiden's film other than watching Trey Lance? Uh, no, and that's that's why I wanted to point out. I have watched it, and he is dominant. But again, where does he play? Uh, and that, while that hasn't mattered as much for skill positions over the years, it does matter for O-line depending on who's across from them. Uh, I think this is an enormous week for him. Uh, I I think he's a day two guy that most likely if he wasn't starting here and if he has a bad day, he's clearly going to day three. It's not even a question at that point. So he really needs to show out. Uh, I think if he does what he shows on tape this week, he's going before Brown for sure, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I actually have their their rankings flipped. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's going to, because there's a lot of tackles that are going to go late first, top second, mid second. So he's he's going to be, he has a chance to be that next round of guys. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, I'll tell you what, the tackles in this game are super, super intriguing. I mean, between Leatherwood, Raidens and Brown specifically, like that's a good group, but some of the other guys that I didn't put on the notables also very, very intriguing guys. Spencer Brown is a guy that I've ranked way higher than others. Um, I think I'm in the top six to eight range, which in this deep tackle class, that's, that's a compliment. Um, and then I talked quickly about, uh, but well, I'll I'll talk quickly about Hunter Long. So this is a guy that I think could have gotten buried had some of the uh, other tight ends come out. Um, so your uh, fucking what's the kid's name? Jeremy Ruckert um, from Ohio State. I think if he comes out, Hunter Long gets buried. I think if uh, Charlie Kohler comes out, I think Hunter Long gets buried. But because those guys went back to school, Hunter Long has a, a huge opportunity here to improve his draft stock he's a really good pass catcher not a phenomenal route runner but this is a guy that has a similar arc to Harrison Bryant in my opinion who obviously Harrison Bryant was the best tight end in the country last year um as as we saw with I think he was the first small school guy to win the the award for best tight end in the country Hunter Long is not at that level but Hunter Long is impressive on tape what I want to see from him this week can he block so what the the dolphins are weird because they use one specific blocking tight end um sometimes they're in 12 personnel but they pop out gesicki to the slot i think i'd love to see hunter long in the blocking role because i don't i don't know that he's a very good blocker so we know that he can pass catch but i i want to see him block that's what i want to see yeah his route running isn't gonna get fixed this fucking week I want to see block more than anything. I think he's going to be him and these running backs are going to be heavily used, thanks to these two quarterbacks, in my opinion. But I, Hunter Long, if he can show some blocking, especially because he's going to get some help with two pretty decent tackles to work with, I, I think he can really improve his stock. Because um, there there is a clear divide between where he's at and where uh, a lot of people I think have him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, and that's probably, yeah, that's the last offensive guy that really matters, matters. Yeah. As if obviously someone can show out in this game and end up mattering more, but still. Yeah. Um, and then the two linebackers, uh, we talked quickly about Sage Surratt, but his brother actually decided to play this year. And 
he played fairly well. North Carolina was a good football team. Chad Surratt had a pretty good year. I have a lot of concerns about Chad Surratt, and if I'm ranking Baron Browning and Chad Surratt, it's Browning by a mile for me. Yeah. Um, but Chad Surratt's getting like top five linebacker buzz right now, and so I want to see if maybe I'm missing something on this film. Like I, I want to see if he can go out there and dominate. People are telling me that he has uh, sideline to sideline range, and I don't see it, but I, we're going to see it this week. So uh, if he has it or if he doesn't. So what we do know is Baron Browning has fucking range, um, and I want him to show out this week. I should also mention, um, I didn't put him on the list, but Justin Hilliard, the linebacker that really got some play with Ohio State linebackers being out for COVID this year, uh, has a massive opportunity. I, I talked about him as an undrafted free agent type of player um, heading into the national championship game, and he had a, he had a decent game. Um, not, not a great game because no Ohio State player had a great game, but except for Justin Fields, but no, I'm just kidding. He didn't. <laughs> um, but I think Justin Hilliard and Baron Browning have a lot to prove this week, so I, I'm hoping that they're well-rested after the championship game and can get out there and get after it. Yep, agreed. I they both have some to prove. Uh, Browning, uh, there's a lot of landing spots that I really like for him in that second round, uh, but I I've been hesitant to put him there because of just he's good, he is, but he's got some needs he needs to fix up. Um, if Hilliard can really stand out, that'll probably be an added detriment to guys like Browning and Surratt, but. Oh, fuck them. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're already they're in a place they can only go kind of up. I don't think Browning really drops out of day two. Surratt's probably in his comfort zone. He's not going to move. But Hilliard can move, move. Like He can go from undrafted seventh round all the way up to fourth with a good performance. Yeah, for sure. All right. That'll do it for our, our little bit of a preview. The last question before we get out of here. Um, Obviously, we're talking about what we want to see from these guys. Randy, what is your opinion on how much stock we should put into Senior Bowl week? Um, well, you have to take everything with kind of a grain of salt and look at how much the playing time transitions uh, to the game plan. So with guys, like there's obviously guys I'm thoroughly looking at, like we just covered. Uh, obviously, Mac Jones probably being the biggest name of all, but I mean, Kadarius Tony needs to show out. Basham can make himself a lot of money. I mean, Kylan Hill can make himself a good amount of money because there is some clouded water after the first couple of running backs. And I have him uh, pretty high up, but I mean, we'll see if Nasir Hodin can uh, actually do something of value. He's going to skyrocket way up because there's talks of guys like Mo Rick going in the first, and I think that's more of a positional need than actual talent. Uh, not that he's not really good, but I think he's more of a day two guy as of right now. Um, these line guys should absolutely be amazing, but so I, I think you have to you have to actually look at this for what it is. This is a lot of these guys going up against pro style competition for the first time style offenses for the first time that's what you should take away from and see how much different it is from their actual tape in the last couple of years and then you can find them to get a whole bigger picture yeah yeah i'm with you i think also this year because we don't have combines because pro days are a lot different this year i do think there is a little more uh a little higher stake um in this game i think these guys are going to want to go out and the the guys that have a lot riding on it are going to have to have a good performance because they don't have another opportunity. A guy like, you know, Nico Collins could go out and prove that he's a really good athlete. And at six, four, I mean, Chase Claypool last year at the combine, I think was one of the bigger winners where he went from mm-hmm. probably a day, day three, uh borderline day three guy to second round. I believe he was drafted in second. Third. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of his hype was more. Uh, maybe we can get him to be a tight end. So there's there's a lot of guys that make that can make huge leaps, especially with no combine. That's yeah, the biggest thing. 
Yeah. And then the last thing I will say, like we, we mentioned a lot of the, the big name guys here, but like I said, we're going to be bringing you a ton of content. If there's like a smaller named guy that's really standing out on, on the tape that we get, we will bring that to you and, and we will get guys on your radar. We're, we're here to help you uh, analyze the draft. Also get ready for, for rookie drafts and, and your fantasy seasons as well. So um, a lot of stuff coming your way. I, I think what I've settled on is probably a, a daily roundup of what we saw from practice. I'm not sure if we're allowed to use any of the film from practice. I don't believe we are. Um, but what I can do is kind of break it down the same way I do with some of my all 22 breakdowns, just without the film, without the film attached. So, yeah. Yeah, we're not going right. to do anything that uh, makes it so we're not there next year. So, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Need to read the rules through one more time. But, um, all right. Well, that'll do it for, for this episode of The Cut. Again, remember, go check out Adam's mock. Make sure you vote on the, the Friday fix poll that we have out. Uh, and like I said, stay tuned. Ton of content coming your way. Not just this week. I mean, we're, we're going to do probably another senior bowl recap episode uh early next week and then we're gonna just dive headfirst into mocks and rankings and it's gonna get wild here folks so uh randy do you have anything to add before we bounce no sir all right hell yeah the draft starts in mobile uh we will uh talk to you guys later this week